listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. All right, folks, we are back. I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard, and we are breaking down this 2018 interview between Elon Musk, the super intelligent AI deathless authoritarian, and Joe Spook Rogan, whose job is to normalize this freak of nature. His job is to normalize the technocratic takeover of the real world. His job is to push psychedelics, LSD, ayahuasca, DMT, pot, drugs, booze, and everything else on the world's youth. And he's doing a wonderful job, and I would give him a promotion if I was his boss, because he's great at what he does. You will see years from now, if we still live in a natural world, people will look back just like they do at Howard Stern now, and you go, man, that guy was a rebel. Well, his job back then was to push cultural Marxism, to tear down traditional cultural norms, and to usher in profanity and debauchery. And now he's accomplished that. And now you see him in this phase, which is shoving jabs in his arm and pushing those on his audience. Howard Stern has always been the same thing, and Joe Rogan is the same thing. He's an ass kisser. He's a court jester for the technocratic elite. And that is the truth. And I will always tell you the truth. Let's get back to this video. Right. Yeah, it's not, it's not necessarily bad. It's just, it's just outside of human control. Now, the thing that's going to be tricky here is that it's going to be very tempting to use AI as a weapon. It's going to be very tempting. In fact, it will be used as a weapon. Um, so the, 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 the on-ramp to serious AI the danger is going to be more humans using it against each other, I think, most likely. Well, first off, we already know that the CIA is in the game. They are developing AI and artificial intelligence and want to be the leader of it. We know they are building super soldiers, messing with their minds, working on connecting them up to AI so they can fly drones out of their head and kill people. We know that uh, the Mossad is behind these grocery applications and tied into artificial intelligence. So, of course, it's going to be used as a weapon in that sense. But what about what Musk already knows? Probably the most harmless weapon of all, taking away humans' jobs. He knows it's a weapon. He's building it. Artificial intelligence, building something smarter than humans that they claim will be better than humans, is a weapon in of itself. There's a natural evolution that we've taken in this natural real world. Humans happen to be at the top of the food chain because we can think, we have emotion, we have compassion. And now they are trying to build something artificial which is bigger, better, smarter than humans. So it is a weapon. AI is inherently a weapon against humanity. It could render humanity extinct. He knows this. He plays stupid. Back in 2018, you see him, he looks like a little kid, and he plays dumb, but he knows exactly what he's doing. Like Trump, he cannot be the genius you believe he is, but then also be stupid at the same time. No, I don't buy it. Doesn't happen. That'll be the danger. 
yeah. How far do you think we are from something that can make its own mind up, whether or not something's ethically or morally correct, or whether or not it wants to do something, or whether or not it wants to improve itself, or whether or not it, it wants to protect itself from people or from other AI? How far away are we some, from something that's really, truly sentient? Well, I mean, you could argue that any group of people, like like a, a company, is essentially a, a cybernetic collective of people and machines. That's what a company is. And then there. Are okay, pay careful attention to this. This was what I brought up a couple of episodes ago, where he talks about the cybernetic collective. But I want you to hear it in his words different there's different levels of complexity in the way these companies are formed and then there are sort of there's this sort of like a collective AI in in the Google sort of search Google search you know the where we're all sort of plugged in as like like nodes on the network like leaves on a big tree you see, we humans are nodes on the network. He's talking about Google search. I told you, all of the data that we contribute back, all of our interaction with technology is helping them build the AI hive mind mainframe. All f and we're all, we're all feeding this network with our questions and answers. We're all collectively programming the AI and, the, the, and Google plus the, all the humans that connect to it are one giant cybernetic collective. This is also true of Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all these social networks. They're giant cybernetic collectives. You see that? And he explained it. And that is true. But see, when he said it the first time, and many people listened to this a, a few years ago, you're not looking at it with the lens, with the eyes we're looking at it now. He's telling you that we are our our we humans are programming the artificial intelligence by loading all of our information, all of our data, our emotions and everything into their systems. And all this data is gathered, it's put onto servers, it's in spreadsheets, and then they're able to write algorithms that interact and pull that data equations. And this is how they're programming their super intelligent AI hive mind that they want to beam back down into your head through Neuralink. Humans and electronics all interfacing and constantly now, constantly connected. Yes, constantly. One of the things that I've been thinking about a lot over the last few years is that one of the, th the things that drives a lot of people crazy is how, how many people are obsessed with materialism and getting the latest, greatest thing. And I wonder how much of that is, well, a lot of it is most certainly fueling technology and innovation. And it almost seems like it's built into us. It's like what we like and what we want, that we're fueling this thing that's constantly around us all the time. And it doesn't seem possible that people are going to pump the brakes. It doesn't seem possible at this stage where we're constantly expecting the newest cell phone, the latest Tesla update, the newest MacBook Pro. Everything has to be newer and better. Okay, you see how Rogan sets it up again. This is the fault of humans. It's the fault of you and me, this materialism, right? He says that we constantly are begging for the new iPhone. But remember, 
That was Steve Jobs in his era that invented this release of a new iPhone every two years. This marketing campaign to get you addicted to the new iPhone. And remember what Yuval Noah Harari said in the interview that I showed you in episode three, I believe, where he said that we've reached this point where no longer corporations or governments are serving the people. They can actually manipulate and program the people to ask for the things in which that government or company wants to give them. You see, they have programmed this materialism into us. It's not us begging for it. It's like blaming us for pollution, blaming us for using gasoline, for using petroleum-based products like uh, like plastic bottles and water at the grocery store. Well, I didn't make those. You didn't make those. Did you invent gasoline? Did you invent the refining process? Did you invent petroleum-based plastics like the Koch brothers own all this petroleum-based plastic companies and products? Did you invent that? No, I didn't invent that. So now that gets thrown at us that we're polluters. We're destroyers of the earth. We are causing climate change when we are just going into the store and buying the products that they make that we're forced to buy. If they wanted cleaner products, they would have already had them on the shelves years ago. These are the same guys talking today that are the ones who have made and make the products. It's the same oligarchs, same families. And that's going to lead to some incredible point. And it seems like it's built into us. It almost seems like it's a, an instinct that we, we're working towards this, that we like it. Mm-hmm. That our job, just like the ants build... We are engineered to like it, engineered and brainwashed to like it. The ant hill. Our job is to somehow or another fuel this. Yes. Um, I mean, when I made those comments some, some years ago, but it feels like we are the biological bootloader for AI, effectively. We are building it and then we're building progressively greater intelligence and the percentage of intelligence that is not human is increasing and eventually we will represent a very small percentage of intelligence now he knows this because he's one of the people building it in fact at the time of this interview he already was involved with OpenAI, and we're going to do a whole show on that, so I won't get into that. I won't go on that tangent. And at the time, he also had Neuralink. And at the time, he had Tesla and was doing artificial intelligence robots in Tesla. And he was at Neuralink, which is to connect your brain up to AI. He knows this. He knows all of this. All right. But the, the AI is informed, strangely, by the human limbic system. It, it is, in large part, our id writ large. How so? Well, you mentioned all those things, the sort of primal drives. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all, all the things that we like and hate and fear. They're all there on the internet. They're, they're a projection of our limbic system. <laughs> it's true. No, it makes sense. And the thinking of it as a 
I mean, think of thinking of corporations and just thinking of just human beings communicating online through these social media networks as some sort of an organism that's a, it's a cyborg. It's a, it's a combination. It's a combination of electronics and biology. Yeah. Now, see, the same way that I am sitting here trying to dissect this, trying to understand it so that I can present it to you in layman's terms with the little bit of technological background I have and the minor ability to tell stories, I am trying to break this down and explain it and put the pieces together like yesterday where I was able to show you what the entire diagram, the architecture of this technocratic, you know, immortality plan looks like. Rogan sits there, pretends to understand it, and his job is to like laugh and to normalize it and then make Musk seem like some kind of a genius who is above all of us and he's going to build it and harness it in order to save us but musk is not going to save us musk is going to lock us in a box into a mental prison he is going to make us a digital slave to the technocratic prison planet please think about that while we take this break i am dustin gold and this is the dustin gold standard you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Wow, we made it through. We made it through. Made it through that break, folks. Sometimes I think my brain is being fried by all of this craziness by Elon Musk and the propagandist poor jester Joe Rogan. So let's jump right back into this interview from 2018 between Joe Rogan and Elon Musk. Let's get a further understanding of artificial intelligence as the way that uh, Elon Musk sees it, because he's so nice and he loves us, and he's doing this for all of humanity. He's warning us of the technology that he's building. Please try to understand that. In, in, some, in some measure, like, it's the, the success of these online systems is, the, is, a, is sort of a function of, of how much limbic resonance they're able to achieve with people. The more limbic resonance, the more engagement. Mm. Whereas like one of the reasons why probably Instagram is more enticing than Twitter. Limbic resonance. Yeah. You get more images, more video. Yes. It's tweaking your system more. Yes. Do you worry about, or wonder, in fact, about what the next step is? I mean, a lot of people didn't see Twitter coming that, you know, communicate with 140 characters or 280 now would be a thing people would be interested in like it's going to excel it's going to become more connected to us right yes things are getting more and more connected they're at this point constrained by bandwidth our okay so what he's going to talk about now and and just to break this down before he says it he talks about the human interaction with the devices they give us the iPhone, the Android, the tablets, the computers is very slow because the way that our brain processes information 
and then we have to type it out with our thumb or use natural language processing, which is speaking to Siri or speaking to Alexa, that that time between when our brain wants access to certain information and when we can retrieve it from the device and pull it back to our head, to our brain, is very slow. And this is where his Neuralink project comes into play. Input-output is slow, particularly output. Output got worse with thumbs. You know, we used to have input with 10, 10 fingers, now we have thumbs. But images are just are also they're a way of communicating at high bandwidth. You take pictures and you send pictures to people. It sends, that's, that communicates far more information than you can communicate with your thumbs. So what happened with you where you decided or you be, took on a more fatalistic attitude? Like, what, was there any specific thing, or was it just the inevitability of our future? Okay, and again, fatalistic is that, basically, he's accepted that AI, artificial intelligence, is inevitable, and he is going to be the one to be in control of it, uh, to adopt it, and then you're going to see he wants to merge it with human beings. That's transhumanism, as we've explained. I try to convince people to slow down, slow down AI. To regulate AI, this was futile. I tried for years. This seems nobody like listened. I tried to convince people to slow down AI. This was futile. No one listened. You see how weird he is trying to act. He's trying to act strange. Now he's going to go in and talk about how he tried to slow it down, which is some of what we covered. But I also want you to hear it in his words. In a movie, nobody where listened. the robots are gonna fucking take over, and you're freaking me out. Nobody listened. Nobody listened. No one. Are people more inclined to listen today? It seems like an issue that's brought up more often over the last few years than it was maybe five, ten years ago. It seemed like science fiction. Maybe they will. So far, they haven't. I think people don't like the normally the way that regulations work. It's very slow. Very slow indeed. So usually there'll be something, some new technology. It will cause damage or death. Okay, and remember this. And and there was uh, we showed you. I don't even know what episode it was. Eric Schmidt, who was the head of Google, joined a committee out of the Department of Defense. Under the Trump administration, he joined this committee that was in charge of looking at artificial intelligence. That's not the first one. We've had these uh, since the 1950s, really, under President Eisenhower. He had set up a committee to look into certain technologies. So we've had these, but as Yuval Noah Harari and others express, there needs to be these world bodies, these sort of unelected officials that are going to oversee the very technology they are building. See, they're putting themselves as the human regulators in charge of the technological prison planet they are building. So that's where I am saying a lot of this is smoke and mirrors. A lot of it is lies. It comes from fork-tongued devils because they are developing the prison planet, this AI they warn us of that could take over the world that didn't exist until they actually started building it. And now they are going to set themselves up as the good guy human regulators that govern it and control 
the user interface on the tablet that runs the AI. You see how it works? They're cementing themselves in as the kings and the queens of the technological castle, along with the knights and the enforcers and everyone else, as we are the little plebeians that live down in the village, we are the peasants that are going to be the slave class of the technological prison planet, and they are going to be these super intelligent AI deathless authoritarian humanoids slash cyborgs that run the prison planet plantation. Is that clear? I hope so. Sometimes I confuse myself. <laughs> All right, let's continue. There will be an outcry. There will be an investigation. Years will pass. There will be some sort of insight committee. There will be rulemaking. Then there will be oversight, eventually regulations. This all takes many years. This is the normal course of things. If you look at, say, automotive regulations, how long did it take for seatbelts to be to be implemented, to be required? You know, the auto industry fought seatbelts, I think, for more than a decade. Successfully fought any regulations on seatbelts, even though the numbers were extremely obvious. If you had a seatbelt on, you would be far less likely to die or be seriously injured. It was unequivocal. And the industry fought this for years successfully. Eventually, after many... Right, so he's saying the car manufacturing uh, industry fought against seatbelts while people were dying. But see, the difference is he is the car manufacturing industry of artificial intelligence. He and his friends and business partners and associates and investors are the ones actually building the car, the artificial intelligence, who are then pretending they're calling for regulation, the seatbelt, when in fact they are only calling for regulation that cements them in as the overseers of the car and deciding whether or not it needs the seatbelt. Ah, you see how it works? Plus, remember, most of these guys are floated by government contracts and subsidies, including Musk, so he therefore actually works for the very government that we supposedly are represented by in which he's going to and begging for regulations. One giant twisted circle of fuckery. Do you see it? I hope so. Many people died. Regulators insisted on seatbelts. This, this time frame is not relevant to AI. You can't take 10 years from the point at which it's dangerous. It's too late. And you feel like this is decades away or years away from being too late if you have this fatalistic attitude and you yeah. feel like it's going we're in a almost like a doomsday countdown it's not necessarily a doomsday countdown it's it's a out of control people, countdown out of control yeah people call it the singularity and uh, that's that's probably a good way to think about it it's, it's a singularity it's hard to predict like a black hole 
what what happens past the event horizon. Right. It's so different. once it's implemented, it's very different because it it will once be the able to. Once the out of the bottle, what's right. going to happen? And it will be able to improve itself. Pro- yes. Okay, so he mentions the singularity. Remember, we went over that. That's a Ray Kurzweil concept, sort of when. AI reaches a point that it's smarter than the humans and it can repair and program itself, right? So what what these guys try to make you believe, I know it's like gaslighting, guys. It makes you feel like you're crazy because it doesn't make any sense. And when you try to make it make sense, it almost gets more confusing. Sort of like a, a computer program, a piece of software that has a bug and that when you push the control B button on your keyboard, it keeps bringing you back to the beginning instead of advancing to wherever that's supposed to take you. And it's just a giant information loop. It's like a loop, a loop. And that's where we're at with this. That's why it's very difficult to decode them, but why it's very important for us to try to understand what they are saying. So he's talking about once we reach singularity, no one can predict what goes beyond that. Yet, him and his friends are helping bring us to singularity. They are trying to bring us to the point where AI is smarter than humans and they merge humans and the robots and the AI together while at the same time they are trying to say that it needs to be governed and they need to be the purveyors of it and they are the ones building it. All right? That's where it gets spooky, right? the idea that it can do thousands of years of innovation very, very quickly. Yeah. And then we'll be just ridiculous. Ridiculous. We will be like this ridiculous biological shitting, pissing thing trying to stop the gods. No, stop. We like, we like living with a finite lifespan and, and watching, you know, Norman Rockwell paintings. It could be terrible and it could be great. It's not clear. It could be terrible, and it could be great. It's not clear. Of course, he also said, as we know, we are summoning the demon, and we are creating a system in which super-intelligent AI authoritarian deathless scumbags will rule. But it could be great. Remember the other video? It could be great. They'll give you universal basic income so you can lay around all day on vacation with your VR headset strapped to your rotting skull as you walk down the beach holding hands with your fantasy partner. Oh, what a wonderful world. I want you to dream about your fantasy inside of the metaverse while we take this short break. I am Dustin Gold and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 